Welcome to the beginning of a long weekend Monday afternoon podcast recording. First time ever on a Monday afternoon, I think. Unless we were last winter, we did one on Monday afternoon. But we're trying to cut down on the amount of shitty stuff that can happen to you, Chad. Before you still like last Before week, you can. Last week you complained. I only have one day's fodder of crap to complain about. But today we've managed to cut it to zero days because today is a holiday in Canada. Well, I didn't tell you that I worked this morning. Ooh. And Ooh. um well we worked a couple hours in between the rain. Um and I heard what I may perceive to be one of the worst phrases in all of landscape construction. Mm. And that phrase is can we add one more row to the patio <laughs> yeah. or the wall? The wall, the wall is fine. Yeah. I can build it up another course. Oh, that's true. The but patio. in order to add another course to the patio, Oh God, you have to dig more and the base isn't prepared the same. And you don't have the stone. And then it comes from some other skid from some other manufacturing plant that was made in some other place at some other time. And no one knows where to find the skew and it doesn't match. And then you debate whether or not you should put a fucking different color soldier course around it to fall. Yeah. Oh, this is like a horrible. Yeah. This one more this, Chad. You have actually now discovered I'm retracting my own words. <laughs> the most expensive square footage you could ever ask for. That is true. Uh, I am retracting my own words. I think Chad has actually discovered that's a like pack at home and go away. And that happened to you on long weekend Monday. That's a discouraging phrase. Oh God. Can we add one more row? And of course, my um response was, Well, absolutely we can. <laughs> and there'll be I no charge for that. <laughs> I'm pumped about losing money. <laughs> I'm so pumped about losing money anyways. I'd rather lose all the money than just oh, lose some. Yeah. Because if I charge you, even if I charge if I charge you out at the square foot rate that I charge for the rest of the patio, I'm only losing about half the money. So <laughs> fuck it. I'm just gonna lose it all. Just gonna lose it all. We're gonna wheelbarrow this out of here because we got no machines left on site. You're right. We're gonna wheelbarrow the gravel in. You should think about adding this one row on gator base. What's is it better to do a half-ass base for that one course, or do a gator base where things don't exactly level out right? When it like I, I don't know because I will assure you that that last row does not have the same exquisite base production that I. The you know what my audio my does. main question is here, or that my main state. It's more of a state, not a question, it's a statement. I know this much. You can be thankful that you have a tilt rotator in this situation. Because this is the kind of situation they're made for. Absolutely. <laughs> you can get the 500-foot jib that goes over the fucking house to get the pavers in the back. Like, this is what you need. This is, this is what they were built for. This we, is the tilt rotator's moment. Yeah, we don't have a tilt rotator on that site. We floated the machines off site Friday. Because we thought we were done digging. Furthermore, yeah, there was a hot tub in the way in order to put this one more course in. So we had to roll the hot tub out of the way onto the new patio so oh that we could God. prepare this course. It was terrible. Why did they want the course? Because they were one course shy of going around their existing um, garage mezzanine or garage... Uh, lean to pillars right so it stopped one course in and they wanted to stop one course in line with the pillars so they could build some fancy boxes or something around the pillars so they yeah. needed to go for it a long time ago in a subtly different situation my exact response to a client was some bullshit like that was put a planter there <laughs> so whenever anything bad happens people who are around me in that era which is still lots of people working with me that were the first thing they say is put a planter there it just comes out of their mouth put a planter there <laughs> that's a great spot for a planter that might have been the so didn't they realize when you were digging that this was not going to go as far as they wanted um not necessarily because we 
ripped out the old driveway, dug it out, backfilled the same day. And it was sort of like a gravelly area beside that they could have misinterpreted for. No, if it's already gravelly, just lay it on there. Who gives a fuck? Why well, are you doing the it was muddy gravel. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> near. But is it at a row good enough gravel? Well, it is now. <laughs> that gravel, that gravel is, that gravel doesn't have to be as pure, and it, the add a row gravel doesn't have to have the same purity as the normal patio gravel. Absolutely. Are you going to write up this entire project is warrantied except the extra row? <laughs> the extra <laughs> row. <laughs> send it. You should send an email saying patio warrantied minus extra row. What does it matter? They have nine years anyway. Um, the saving grace on the project is that portion is underneath the carport area so I doubt there'll be much um, frosty or I mean there's no water that sits there so that's all right. I think it'll be alright they might as well have acid then yeah like I'd like to think our half ass is better than a lot of guys I bet it is. 10%, you know? So maybe well, it's it not, wasn't, but that's what I tell myself. If your half ass wasn't better than most people's 100%, you wouldn't be around nine late, nine years later to fucking make the repair. Yeah, that's it, right? I feel like that's actually a legit statement. Eh. How yeah. many people who do crazily shitty work do you know are, are like, how many, like when you started 12 years ago, I guarantee there was like three or four people that started around the same time or had been in business for a few years before you that did crazily shitty work, like absolute shit. And Likely, you probably yeah. used, yeah. used to and used to bid against them. How many of them still exist 12 years later? Uh, you're right. I, I don't think I know of many. I remember I used to get ragged out. Some guy would, would say, Chad's not a landscaper, as if there's like some list of criteria for what a landscaper is. It was the guy with the long toenail from way back. <laughs> why, 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 why weren't you a real landscaper? I don't know what criteria you have to meet to become you had too a many real teeth? landscaper. Too many teeth, <laughs> short toenails. Um, you didn't hit on the woman at the supply yard working the counter? No, she hit on me. Oh. Was, you are the Tom Cruise of landscaping, right? Yeah. Yeah. That and all the other landscapers look like something awful. So <laughs> they didn't have many to pick from. So. But so he would meet with people in Cornwall and say that Chad, he's not a real landscaper. Yeah. Well, no, I had a couple employees come to me from him and then they would talk the shit after, right? Well, you should have heard what he used to say about you this, you know. Industry dirt. I don't understand what makes a real like I don't know. There is no there is no way to actually def- there's no red seal or you know what defines being a landscaper? Getting a business card that says landscaper on it printed at fucking Kinko's. It's true. That's what now you're a landscaper. I don't even think my business card says landscaping on it. Mine doesn't. Mine just says NDL and then my name. So I started getting I should read these this text message that I got. This is uh, this is people who want to get into the dirt business. This is the kind of stuff that will happen to you. So, with no name on it and no reference to who this is, the first text message is "Call Steve Refill Site." Call Steve. Uh, I'll call Steve Refill Site, and then. <laughs> About two minutes later, as per Robert. <laughs> so I ignored that. And that was on Monday, October 2nd. I was like, I'm really busy right now. I don't need this shit in my life. I don't even know what this is. I ignored it. Today, which is Monday, seven days later, I get a text message. Any material to bring? Any material to bring? I Same number? Back. From Robert? Number, so, uh, well, it doesn't say. It says as per Robert. Okay. Call Steve refill site as per Robert. Now, that's, I don't know. Is this person Steve? They're definitely not Robert. It says call Steve. Re- so, is if this is Steve, it should say maybe I'm Steve. Give me a ring. Not call Steve refill site. So, I'm 
calling this person? I don't know. That's why I ignored the first one. So this time, because it was Monday and I was in the office pricing and I was looking for any excuse to stop doing that, I responded, who is this? And it says, you contact Robert Refill site, P-H-I-L, fill site, because this is where we store all the fills um, on internet for 300 loads, blah, blah, blah. I said, and then it says Steve dot, 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 Merritt. Anyways, it says, do you have papers for the stuff? I said, yes. I says, I said, send me your email. His email is basically, it's, well, it's Chapo live. <laughs> Am I dealing with El Cap or it's Capo? Sorry. Am I dealing with like El Capo here? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then we're going through like, is there a tipping fee? Where's the dump located? Blah, blah, blah. And then he texts me and he says, uh, where's that one? That's the good one. Oh, I ha have not got email yet. I'm in Caribbean, slow internet. I'm like, so now I'm like starting out fill sites in Durham region with El Capo from the fucking Caribbean. <laughs> this sounds definitely like it's going to go great for Mike. I don't even know where this person got my fucking name from. This is Phil, Phil life, I guess. Phil site life, looking for places to dump stuff. Is it, sorry. is it hard, hard to find filled up sites in your region? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's challenging. I spend like really thirty percent of my time looking for places to dump fill. Well, uh, it's well, no, it's super easy to find places to dump fill, but they're like two and a half hours away or two hours away. Like two hours ever, away, but then you got it. Like no one wants to pay that much for trucking because every time you, the farther you go, the more expensive it is. It's like this big nasty circle. Of, trying to find the closest place possible to dump dirt that's at least quasi-legal or I can justify in my mind. I have a project, so, I'm, I'm, but I, one of the reasons I'm actually making more inquiries is I have a project where legit, this is table two material. So table two material is not clean. This has hydrocarbons and it lists some kind of pesticides in it. And it's actually not dirty table two, it's top end table two, but it's table two. So this stuff, I want a legit table two mm. place to take because I know I, I can't, I mean, I'm not a great person by any stretch. I mean, I'm a pretty bad person to be perfectly honest, but I don't intentionally take contaminated filth to someone's property. That's fucking wrong. Cause I don't know what they're doing. They could be growing fucking like, it's not, this is a different, it's way outside the edge of the rules, so I'm looking for a legit place. And that's why this guy, I guess, contacted me because I put feelers out looking for... Because there are places in Ontario that are legit table two fill sites that are allowed. But they could be coming up like five meters or six meters. And so the stuff here... I don't know. Anyways, I don't know what makes it legit or not, but that's what I was doing with this guy in the Caribbean named El Chapo. <laughs> or thinks he's El Chapo or whatever. Possibly Robert, maybe Steve. No one's really sure who he is. Definitely sounds like someone I want to get deeply involved with. So anyway, that's is what he, I is he worse than the drug dealer that closed down your last dump? Or no, no the drug user that closed down your last dumps. Uh, I don't know, maybe. I I need I, I who knows? <laughs> Currently no, but and I mean, when he starts asking me to pick up packages filled with coffee at the shipping, to, you know, <laughs> coming off of shipping containers, I'll let you know what this outcome of this is. But so far, we had a. Well, I actually spent all day pricing jobs. I had like a whole bunch of like jobs to price come in this week. Nice. Holy. Which for us is like you know. For this year. Uh yeah, they were all for this year. Right wow. On. So um, you're gonna. Hook up those interlock equipment trailers and maybe <laughs> all out to site again. Maybe we'll be rolling it. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. One was a like a someone got new pavers for from one of the paver manufacturers, so they just want to tear up the old ones and do no dig out and put down the new ones. Nice. Yeah, it's not a bad job. Yeah. Has very little nine year warranties on it. 
got a driveway I'm looking at. What's the other one? Hmm. I did three this weekend. Oh, another like a front yard, sort of front yard project. Decent enough. Nice. But we were, I, I haven't priced work in so long. It's like a fucking, forget how mind numbing that is. <laughs> also, uh, I, so I have like these folders that I keep all my yellow pieces of paper in, which is really similar to a hard drive, except it's paper and takes up big. So I was looking at last year's folder and of jobs I didn't get because the jobs I don't get stay in the folder, right? So in last year's folder of all the work I priced is like maybe two or three jobs in the folder. Wow. Th this year, the folder is like six inches thick and I almost have to start a second folder. <laughs> wow. That's it's just uh... the difference in the market, right? Yeah. I didn't change anything about how I do. Well, or maybe the market passed me by, which is totally like everyone's doing 3D design and blah, blah, blah. And I don't do any of that fucking crap. So maybe the market has just passed me by and that's i'm just getting beaten by the younger generation gen z is beating me with a baseball bat every day with their fucking coming to work at 10 work until three and they have a 3d design that they popped out <laughs> does that mean you're gonna get into 3d designs no, no. i'm old man i'm 50 i'm 50 this month crazy you just learns how to do 3D designs at 50. I don't even want to do them at 36. Like, <laughs> do, do either of you guys do 3D designs? I do. I you do like the odd would. rendering. Reluctantly. Do you know how to do a rendering though, Chad? Oh, yeah. I do it on SketchUp on my iPad. So it goes all right. Gets the job done. It's more like a CAD SketchUp than like a, what's that? One that you vision or something? Yeah, I, I use like U vision. Yeah. I don't like that. I like it. It's nice and easy. Yeah. I've tried I, it. SketchUp is nicer though. SketchUp is beautiful. Yeah. But anytime you post a picture of something from your SketchUp, you'll undoubtedly get tens of hundreds of people asking what program that is. So I don't post any drawings that I do anymore. Um, our friends at the CRA got in contact with me today. Today? today? No, not today. Sorry, last week. Oh, okay. Um, but it's been on my mind. Like, it's going to say if the friends today, from the CRA so. contact you today, they're fake. <laughs> Those are not your actual friends from the CRA because I guarantee no one at the CRA is working on Thanksgiving Monday. Oh, that's for sure. Um, and they gave me a laundry list of shit they need from me. Really? Um, oh, yeah. I'll go so through some of this with you here. If you guys have a second, or this podcast care. is well known for being real. Uh -huh. If you need to confirm that, just listen to our friends over at the Kid Contractor podcast, and they will confirm uh -huh. how real we are. Please <laughs> um, explain the following journal entry. I don't keep a journal; I keep accounting software. Well, so but that's called an, a journal. It's called the journal. Like someone maybe to an accountant. This is a journal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever whatever okay talk, explain talk the, the explain the journal setting them his journal <laughs> what is it the, can wanted, you reveal what the journal entry is for um we have a line item for profit sharing with our partner and apparently cra does not like the word profit sharing Ooh. so um they asked me to describe what a profit sharing is um they want to know why there's discrepancies between the T1 and the bank deposits. Uh, which Do is, you have an answer for that question or that's an accounting person? That's an accounting question. I have answers for none of these questions. Um, they want a copy of every single sales invoice for um, 2021 and 2022, every single purchase invoice, every single vehicle insurance document and logbook. But I've got copies of contracts for every single job from 2021 and 22. I think the logbooks you only required to keep for like three months or something. Yeah, I don't have that. They're like logbooks. I said, you can have our vehicle checks, but yeah. like I don't know what to tell you. I get the insurance information, no problem. 
what we are they looking for logbooks for people using them personally they're all dump trucks we have one pickup truck in the entire company yeah but they could be looking for your logbook for if you personally used it and then they're just asking for all of them well maybe they are but I, when I first started nobody, this business, I used to have a logbook that I filled it every day. Apparently, if you don't go further than 160 kilometers, you don't need a logbook or something. Like no, that. you don't. Well, lo- you don't need a. Okay, so log. You're talking like a real logbook. If you stay inside the 160 yeah. kilometer radius as the crow flies, yeah. your commercial vehicles aren't required to run logs. Oh. Okay. But that's a different logbook. I'm pretty sure they're talking about a logbook for personal use. They're probably investigating. Yeah. Like, did you claim 100% of your truck is personal use? Or sorry, did you business like, use? Business, yeah, yeah, they're probably, so they they want you to prove that. Yeah. Like, problem. That's fine. Well, they can, I don't know what they want me to tell them. We have a personal car for our personal stuff. Everything else. Yeah, but I, but even driving it home from the shop would be considered personal. I'm just uh, playing devil's advocate. Yeah, but I got to get to work somehow. And it well, is they, less than well, five they, but, minutes, you know, but get they, real they, here. Okay, I understand like, that. But they're, I'm just telling you from a government perspective, yeah. they expect you to log that five minutes every day on those kilometers and then claim it back. They're, they're penny pinching. They need they need a new jet. So They need something. Yeah, we need a new jet here. Uh, but um, see, the new jet thing is because apparently, if you read from the Indian, one of the India's, India's ministers he said that the jet was actually grounded by india because it was full of cocaine <laughs> not because We're it was too get old. this podcast canceled so fast <laughs> <laughs> dude this was pretty common knowledge that it was full of cocaine uh, maybe. Apparently. apparently and that's why he missed a bunch of he missed two days worth of events at the g20 summit because he was coked out apparently <laughs> I don't know. My goodness. Um, So, for the record, I agree with you. If you're just driving it home, then, I mean, how do they know they're not making a sales call? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They want every single RFQ for the past two years. RFQ? Are you kidding me? It's not even a legally binding document. It's a uh, chicken scratch on a piece of paper what are they investigating you for hst i think so um what does that have to do with hst i don't know they want to make sure apparently according to my bookkeeper they want to make sure my unit rates for my rfqs match the unit rates for the invoices because they think in some miraculous money laundering scheme or something you would charge different rates for completed work than you would for bid work and then i don't just get know cash i don't know you can't do that in commercial landscaping right like it's impossible nobody is going to give cash money in landscaping on a commercial scale like it just doesn't make sense they're but, trying to find out if you if you say you charge ten dollars a square foot your rfqs and then all the work that you did close you charge eight dollars a square foot and somewhere in the middle someone's giving you two dollars a square foot cash you're not paying hst on yeah not a chance the most ridiculous thing absolutely the stupidest thing ever imagine trying to pull that shit with a commercial gc like you why don't you kick me back two dollars cash that's (laughs) fucking ridiculous i'm sure that's happened in the past with builders though right i don't understand why people with HST need your vehicle logbooks? I don't know. Unless they're trying to say that some of the fuel fuel, I would say, yeah, fuel, yeah, they're probably checking maintenance. It as it maintenance fuel the HST on it, maybe. Yeah, like they shouldn't have given you back the HST on stuff, maybe. I, I don't know. Other all, than all pretty ridiculous, like they aren't small trucks, like not half ton trucks or anything, right? These are full. Little dump trucks, big dump trucks, water trucks, like equipment, all stuff that. Are they upset not... because you didn't pay them anything because you bought so much stuff in the last two years? Um, I don't know if they're upset at all. I might be like a small fish in a bigger pond that they're, they may be going after someone. Ten well, they, times they, my size, they, right? That I do. Well, they could be, they could be going after one of the GCs and you just got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So. I could be 
mixed up in there, but um, my bookkeeper has assured me there's nothing to worry about. It's just, holy shit, is it ever a lot of paperwork? Yeah. And then they're like, scan us copies of this and send it. My account is like, no, bring them down here. Like, we'll sit them at the table with the box and all the documents they need. But, like, you can't be scanning thousands of documents and sending them in. Like, that's weeks worth of work for nothing. So, anyway, what a process. I wonder if they're trying to check one of the GCs and that's why they care about your Yeah, I, I'd assume that's what it comes down to. I don't know. Did they just email you that list or did they call you call you? No, they mail it and then it's available uh, on your my government CRA account page. Yeah, whatever. I don't yeah. even know. have access to it. The bookkeeper does all that stuff. So the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper. And it's that's why I'd say the bookkeeper and the accountant are far more important than any type of software to run your business. That's not a shot against you, Mike. No, I uh, don't take that as a shot. It's just like from my business perspective, if I like, I'm doing it without any software, but I couldn't do, I couldn't go through this on my own. My software isn't a bookkeeping or accounting software. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's like I can say that having the right bookkeeping person. Or we have an we have a chartered accountant. We don't have a bookkeeper. We just have yep. a chart. We we just have a CA that does everything for us. We had a bookkeeper. I think that it just wasn't the right relationship. Well, Kelly does your books now, right? I don't. I don't. Well, that depends on how what you think. I guess. I so. Oh yeah. I guess Kelly. We have a lot. All the stuff goes to the CA. After Kelly, Kelly out, prepares it. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. 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 She puts it in a folder, all your gas receipts and all this stuff. She has to, right? Like if you're paying the CA to do that. Yeah. It's expensive. That's, that's very expensive. But do you have QuickBooks or something like that? PK? Yeah. We but, have QuickBooks. Yeah. So then, yeah. So, so she prepares it doing, and he looks it yeah, over. She's doing the job of the bookkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, I guess we have Kelly doing the bookkeeping and everything else. But I would say that having the right, person looking at that stuff is important absolutely we had some money that like got deposited into the wrong government i guess you every person or business or well this was from when i had the sole proprietorship the like you have all these bank accounts with the government that i didn't know about and so some of the money got deposited when we put it in into the wrong bank account so then they said i didn't pay my taxes but really the government was just holding on to like twenty six thousand dollars I've misplaced money. Well, they had just put it in into the wrong some, account. Like, yeah. It had been directed by the former bookkeeper into the wrong account, which is yeah. just just an honest. I don't think anyone was trying to screw me, it's just, but it just creates havoc with fucking yeah the government. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I paid that twenty six thousand dollars. I didn't forget about it. Like, yeah, I'm obviously not super anal about everything, but I feel like that I would have remembered. But that just you know that was just someone like kind of one thing that. I think it's important that you get keep straight with the government. Absolutely. Like that's uh, the Don't sorry. worry, they'll still treat you like a criminal. Oh god, yeah. I uh interestingly I was thinking of Chad because so this one job that uh <laughs> Nancy Green sent me. I was talking to her on the phone because there was some designer discrepancies on the drawing. Like the wall is six inches high. And I'm like, well, I drove by the house and it's falling at an incredibly fast rate from the garage floor to the the driveway. <laughs> and this wall is built from like from the steps going down the hill. And you want the whole wall at six inches. I'm like, is your expectation that this wall is all going to be level when you look at it? Or is it going to have tons step of step wall, downs? Yeah. Tons of step downs in it? Or like what is your <laughs> theory here? Was the zip uh, level used? Uh and I, no, there was no zip level. This was just me driving. I casually drove by the house last week because I knew I was going to price it. I just wanted to see what it looked like. And uh, so we were having that discussion 
and in that discussion i'm looking at the drawing and the stairs and the planters and the plants or whatever all this shit is and i said to her to nancy did you talk to these people about budget because this front yard is going to be worth like 50 grand between 50 and 60 grand and she was like yeah yeah they know it's they know they have an understanding I said okay great perfect but then i priced it out and it worked out to fifty-five thousand dollars, and I thought, "Oh, look, I'm Chad. I picked the number and I worked backwards." <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I'm Chad. I just it was funny that I knew. I, so, I think when we've been doing it this long, it works that way. And I'll concede that maybe it doesn't work for the new guy, right? The guy in year two of business, or maybe it does. I don't know, but I don't think like I think well, I when you've I, quoted enough jobs, you can see like, oh, this front yeah. this front entrance is gonna be between this and this, and just depends yeah. more so on materials at that point, right? Yeah. Because for the most part, production is gonna stay fairly consistent unless you add equipment to your business. Yeah. But those that neighborhood you work in, Mike, you there's probably like five different styles of houses. Yeah, it's very it uh, all just repeat. So you've probably done a front entrance at every style of house. Yeah, exactly. So when you walk up to a certain style of house, I know exactly depending, what it's going to be. Depending on, you know, maybe I need an extra step because of grade or some bullshit like that. Yeah. You have a pretty good idea. Front entrances at this style of house are worth 20 grand. Exactly. Unless they get into some weird shit, but in general, normal materials fucking yeah, like I've done I've done a bunch of uh two or one step six foot lengths uh with a porch overlay. And it's always a fifty square foot porch overlay, two six foot steps, and I know exactly how much that's gonna cost. Yeah, so you can almost like when someone says, What do you think this is gonna be? You can say, Well, it's gonna be somewhere in this range. Yeah. Just also on... depends on the type of client too. That might affect the price a bit. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. But I think of you, Chad, because I uh I was doing the Chad the Chad reverse pricing. Yeah. Maybe everyone should try to do a reverse pricing. It doesn't hurt to it. exercise your yourself, right? And do it both ways or pick a pick a number and see if you can hit it and maybe end up making more money that way. I don't know. I think it's also valuable to use when you're on a call with somebody, right? So that they know right away how much that project's going to cost. So like like you said, flexing those muscles and knowing how much a typical project is can help you pre-qualify somebody before you actually go out and meet them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've always had a problem pre-qualifying people. Same. Um, I, it must be just an industry thing that that's the hardest one of the hardest things to do i have a problem asking people their budget that's why yeah. that's why I like knowing all my pricing for everything has really helped with that pre-qualification so instead of asking them their budget i'm able to kind of give them a good range i think it's harder now to pre-qualify than it was last year i think because everybody's so much more hungry for the work now than so you're more inclined to go see stuff that maybe you wouldn't look at or maybe you wouldn't talk about budget before going out right now. I've, I've never been a huge pre-qualifier ever. I think partially because I don't like the, I don't like the idea of it in my brain. My brain struggles with it because if I always feel like you could miss something and you just walked from the most profitable thing you ever did. And I've had some jobs where, you know, I talked to people on the phone and was like, wow, these people are fucking Looney tunes or I'm going to be a huge pain in the ass or, and then I've gone and it's been some of the most profitable work we've ever done because everyone else had the same thought as me and didn't go. I end up being the only one there. Um, but I also think that if you're a new contractor and you're heavily pre-qualifying, you're losing that experience you get from interpersonal yeah. relationship and the whole sales thing. So I know what 
everyone's always saying pre-qualify, pre-qualify, pre-qualify. But the first two or three years when I went to every single thing that ever called, it helped me in the other years close stuff right away because I had so much, I had been to so many sales calls that it became more of like a personal habit rather than something that was obscure or I was used to talking to people and asking the right questions and looking at what they, and I feel like if you, if you're heavily, heavily pre-qualifying, you're also losing out on some of that. That's the experience that helps you close when you absolutely want to meeting yeah, all those different, sense. meeting all those different people. Yeah. And I think what Chad has said is true where the hungrier you are for work, the less pre-qualifying is important, right? If you need to fill up your schedule, you'll meet with anybody really. <laughs> Except yeah. in my first year, in my first season, I went to a, a consult that was like somebody wanted their downspout fixed. But when they called me and I didn't know to ask them any questions, I think I was busy too at the time and driving. And they said, uh, yeah, I've got some landscaping I need done. And uh, we're in this area. I said, yeah, I'll be there at this time if that works for you. Went there and they're like, yeah, this downspout, we need it fixed. <laughs> I don't do that. So this is when I really decided to, I need to actually ask questions over the phone before I schedule time. Yeah, I'm not actively promoting not asking any questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not actively promoting showing up to some roofing work. <laughs> or eaves trough repair or i'm just i think that if you over qualify people and you're you're qualifying too much at the start you're just losing that chance to learn how to build rapport with people quickly because that's what really i think what really decides a really successful landscaping company from a not successful landscaping company isn't tilt rotators or equipment or fucking trucks or all the stuff people spend. It's what kind of rapport can you build with the client you're trying to sell to? Because when you build good rapport, you that's how you're going to maximize your dollars coming out of each project. Would you say that you're not a landscaping company? You're a sales company that does landscaping? Uh, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's true though. Like if you're, if you can build really good rapport with people, you can maximize the amount of dollars you get out of every project. If you don't, then you're just going to sell on price. And we're talking residential setting, not yeah. commercial setting. But, yeah. but if you're, if you can't, if you're there for half an hour and the people don't like you and you're the lowest, the only chance you have at getting that job is being the lowest price. Right. I mean, they're not going to look at you and go, this guy's a dick and he has the highest price. Let's hire that motherfucker. They might look at it and say, this person's an ass, but they have the lowest price. So let's hire them because we need a low price. But no one's going to be like, fuck, I want to pay the person I like the least the most money. But if someone really, really likes you, they might pay you the most money. I agree with that. Or if you have the nice design. They'll take your design and give it to the person they like the most. And then they'll do the job. Are you saying there's been some people that didn't like you? Uh, well, I don't doubt it. I am oh, sort of abrasive. So. <laughs> I don't like you that much. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you're, also, you're also not paying my bills. I'm just joking. <laughs> you can be abrasive. Can <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, they could. That's how you get people's drawings i guess interestingly so this job i'm pricing for nancy the client i'm pricing it and normally when i'm working with nancy it's like a one i'm pricing it and it's usually just me pricing it and it's more that it's not a multiple bidder scenario but this job in particular these clients are sending out to maybe we'll close it without them sending it out. Maybe they're going to send it out to 10 other contractors. We're not, they say they're sending it out to other contractors. So I spent like half the morning cleaning up specific things on the drawing going, are we using HD two or are we just using normal press papers? Are, is this wall level or is it stepping down with grade? Cause it's a lot more face for the wall. You know, I just, are we resodding the whole front lawn? Are we not? You don't have measurements in some parts of this drawing. 
we need to have specific measurements. And because for me, cleaning up the drawing meant that at least we were all bidding on an equal and fair, fair playing field. Whereas someone else bidding that drawing in a multiple bidder situation could have taken those as the cheapest route. Like I'm going to step this wall down. I'm not going to put up as many face feet. There's not as much soil to fill. So after fixing the drawing for a bunch of other contractors, I was ready to begin my day of pricing. <laughs> well, I still felt like it was to my advantage to fix it. Yeah. Well, even there's 900 square feet of stone and the HD2 stone is like $2.50 more a square foot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here to debate whether that's worth it Did or not. Did you put all your product recommendations on the drawing too? They're already on. Nancy already has on them. There. Nancy has them. Okay. She she went and picked out the products with the people. So it's it's more just I need to make sure we're all bidding the same because so when Nancy says, "Here's my drawing," I work with Mike, and they take it and they shop it to five other guys. Does Nancy go? Thank you. Here's where's my check for the drawing. You're on she your own, or what's uh, she always does that, yeah? Okay, so she but always she gets paid goes to bat for you, right? Well, she a lot of times, it's, a lot favorite. of times, well, a lot of times too, it's just her and I pricing, yeah. It's not that people will say to her, What contract do you use? They already trust her, they've already paid her, they're already engaged with her, yeah. and then it just rolls into us going there, and then they. They, I'm sure there's people who have met me and be like, I don't like that guy. And then there's people who met me and been like, sure, let's move forward. And Nancy and I have like a, I guess, 12 year history now of working together. Yeah. So it's not like we just showed up, like it's our first project together. So it normally just sort of rolls into it. Um, this year, there's been a couple jobs where people got other prices and went different directions, not with us and went with other contractors, which is fine. That's their. I mean, for me, I always include Nancy's been paid, but I always include something for her because I know she's going to be yeah. coming by and project managing if we're the ones doing the project and she needs to get paid for that. Um, if our guys are there, she's going to stop by probably three times a week and just check on the project to manage the clients. And so she yeah. needs to get paid for her time. So yeah. I don't mind putting something in for her. But the other clients on the flip side or the other contractors on the flip side probably aren't including anything for Nancy. So now I'm in the HD2 and in Nancy. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm pushing my, but you know, depends on, I mean, having a recommendation from the designer that people already trust is pretty yeah. valuable stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And they're very, this people are very like, let's do it right sort of thing. Um, so I feel like that's advantageous for us. If you guys get a design sent to you by a client that wasn't yours, do you bid on it? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Why wouldn't you? I just I don't, don't get that often. Like, no? No, unfortunately. I'm just asking why, you, because why wouldn't you, Mike? That's all I'm asking. I wouldn't bid on somebody else's design because I don't know how, unless I really knew them. But even then, I would probably take it to them and say... Like, did this client just pay you for the design or are they just shopping around your design? Because I've been sent that during, especially during the last couple of years, like sent designs and asked to bid on it. And I just didn't do it. I'd be weary that someone's price checking, using me to price Well, that's exactly what design, they're doing, right? right? Like I'm, oh, like free. another landscaper doing that? Well, no, the client already knows who they want to go with. And then uh, they just shoot it out to a bunch of people. Hopefully yeah. they can get some price to be like, is his price close? It's like, is it... In yeah, but the, it depends on you guys are using the only scenario where they send you a design that was done by another contractor. What if the design is done by a designer? No, I'm talking from another contractor. It had you their landscaping name on it and everything. Specific about that. Oh, oh another, sorry. You another. said, would you price a design if a client sent you a design? Would you price it? And I said, yes. From another you know, contractor? No. Well, from another contractor? That. Well, no. Then I wouldn't because. No. Well, maybe I would. I would ask them, "Why am I pricing this?" I. I've people have sent me drawings from other contractors and I just normally I know them and I call them and be like, Hey, you're getting shopped around. What's going on with this? Mm. And they'll yeah. tell me that person's a psychopath. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Or 
I'll when the people send it to me or they call, I'll literally say like, why do you want me to price this? Like, what's wrong with the contractor you're dealing with? Mm. And sometimes they'll say, well, you know, they gave us this drawing and they never gave us a price and never came back for six months and now we're screwed. But we like this design. Uh, you know, so that's. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a bunch of different scenarios where maybe it's okay. What if, what if you said I refuse to price this contractor's design, and they said, "Well, the contractor died." Would you price it then? Yeah, I'd do it if he died. So a lot of scenarios here. Yeah. What if the yeah. contractor got in a plane crash? I've heard of I, a lot of excuses just, these past couple of years from these pool surrounds that have just been sitting there. Yeah. Well, the contractor I'm had to finished. go back to another country, or uh, <laughs> they, they they broke their leg so they can't finish it. Or... The contractor was related to a Nigerian prince, and he had to go collect <laughs> his money. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I understand what you're saying, though. You don't want to price something that you don't want to, I guess, screw someone over, maybe. I don't know. I get what you're saying there, but I just, I don't. Maybe I'm more vicious than you guys. I mean, I, we're not quite at that point yet where we're cutting people's throats to get the yeah. work. You know, maybe, maybe we'll see by end of next year what things are like. Hopefully it doesn't get that bad, but I will do what I need to do to keep this puppy afloat. So you're saying Cornwall is a small place. Yeah. At some point, morals will be left at the door. Well, yeah, at some point. I don't know what so, point that is, but there's a point. Some, just as a fair warning to everyone out there, at some point next year, Chad's going to do the landscaping version of Breaking Bad. He's going to break bad on all of Cornwall. <laughs> so He's coming I, for you. I priced a tree job couple weeks ago right for the city yes uh, and the lone and, the lone soldier got it yeah that fucking shit for brains he's a one-man show Hope why is the city even letting that guy fucking bid on i i don't know so backstory i priced the tree job uh the preliminary numbers came in last week um we were four thousand dollars higher than the lowest bid um but we are a crew of eight with absolutely everything you could need to plant 322 trees. As with, a stand, to, with a standing relationship with the city. Yeah, right. Um, we lost the tree job to Chuck in a Truck, one-man show who runs a little garden center or a little nursery out of some place called Chesterville. It's about 30 minutes away. Um and I mean, the numbers haven't closed yet. So is there potential that they weeded him out? Yeah, but there's also a lot of potential that they're going to let him try to do the job. Right. So. Unless they can find something wrong with the tender, they're going to like legally, they almost have to let him do the job because. But I think he can sue them. I think there's something in there. And we talked about your forces last week, right? That Yes. They want to be able to know that you can complete the project within the allotted time. Well, did, I mean, the other thing is, did his bid bond check clear? Uh, yeah, $15,000 you know. bid bond. So uh, I'm going to try and pull up. Like that's... So you were second? He was first? I, he I was, was low. second. You yeah. were second? Yeah. yeah. Not even $4,000 away. Actually... $3,995. On how many trees? 322. So you were essentially 100 bucks a tree. No, 10 bucks a tree. 10 bucks a tree more. 10 bucks. Would you, here's an interesting question. Would, knowing what you know now, would you take 10 bucks a tree off and do the job? Yes, to breaking bad though. <laughs> I wanted, and that was that was originally why I went in with such a low price to begin with, right? Because there's another company in town who's been 
ridiculously low for the last four or five years running, right? And I wanted to cut them off at the knees and say, hey, this is my job now. This is my city. I do everything else in the city. Get lost. Pound salt. This is my city. So, this is my city. This isn't it's, Breaking Bad. This is this some is, sort of mafia this, movie. This is my city. You stay out of my city. You should know better. But that's just uh, my landscaping go getting in the way, too. So I feel like I've earned it at this point, so which I probably really... haven't. Oh, here's an interesting thing that happened to me. Yeah. In the world of, so I got recommended for a commercial um, bidding a job from a friend of mine. And yep. uh, so I showed up at the build and the owner that I had been in contact with wasn't there yet. So they said, oh, you should talk to site super. I said, cool. So the site super came up and put his hand out and I shook it and he looked me in the face and he said, this, and this is without introducing himself or this is just word like boom, right at me, pulled me in as tight as he could, squeezing my hand and said, you're not going to make no money off those trees. There's no markup. I know exactly how much they cost and you remember it. I said, cool. That sounds like the place I want to be. That's amazing. That's fucking awesome. So then I met the, then the owner rolled up right after that. And then we had this, and then they have this tap, this drawing that's approved by the town and to get their LC back, they have to do this work. And I keep saying to them, you can do whatever you want out here, but you're not going to get your LC back. Cause the town doesn't really care what you put out front. But if you plan on getting your LC back, you have to do this drawing. Well, we don't want that stuff, and it's a waste of money, and it's not what we want. I'm like, okay, well, again, and I, it became this like point where I was like arguing with them. Like, I'm not here to fight with you guys. Like, I don't. And the guy's like, this has to be a seven percent grade, and I'm saying, well, at a seven percent grade, if you want this top to be flat, you're gonna have to build some kind of fucking retaining wall here. Because you need this part of the land to be flat all the way out to here. And in a 7% grade, this is like a foot and a half lower than the, like, it just, it became this super weird exchange. And then they sent me the, um, they sent me the drawings and included in the drawings was a estimate from the landscape architect. An estimate of, from the landscape architect. Of what the work, of what the work should cost. Wow. Which in As looking if landscape at, architects aren't fucking clueless to begin with. So now now landscape architects have taken it upon themselves to start telling the clients what the work should cost. And according to this landscape architect, interlocking pavement should cost seven dollars a square foot to live. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Wow. And the 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 trees are not they are a little bit more than what they cost but not much and on top of the guy first saying hey you're not making any money off this fucking project um no i don't know i'd have to look it up uh so i'll send you the whole package chad afterwards I'll send you so you can look at it. it's so I'd fucking stupid um they they so he sent it to me and for all the trees, all the shrubs, the concrete, the which is like a hundred square meters of concrete, the the concrete planter. There's a concrete planter you have to pour in form. All the topsoil work, the whole shebang. They have this landscape architect has in for like twenty two thousand bucks. Wow! And I read it, and so on top of that, the the crazy guy, site super guy when I was in the office and they're printing, he said, Oh, that list there, that's probably triple what it should be. It should be a, a third of that cost. I can't even, uh, what? Yeah. The guy's like yelling at me. And I was like, okay, man, whatever. I'm just like, I called the person who gave me the quote or the, the lead and said, Hey man, like, just so you know, this isn't working out here. I, yeah, yeah, I, no I, I don't even want to spend the time to respond, but I'm going to, you know, out of respect for everybody involved, I'm going to, I'm going to send them my cost on the plants and show them how that 
leaves me like a hundred dollars to do the whole fucking planting job. Wow. I, I just the, wow. the, it's totally insane. It's uh maybe I can maybe I could bring it up. So, so then I could uh as a rough guideline, I like to tell people that your landscape should be about 10% of the value of your home. 10% of the value of your home, which has always okay. gotten me in the uh, range. So here we go. You want to hear this, Chad? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is getting really real because we were like, you know, reading this right off the fucking. Uh, so there's eight deciduous trees. Okay. <clears throat> One coniferous tree. What size? It uh, does not say. <laughs> of course it doesn't. I are think, they whips? I think on the no on the planting plan they were sixty mils and 60 mils. let's call the coniferous tree uh two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a some kind of pine. There's a hundred and hundred and two deciduous shrubs. Okay. Sixty bucks and, a piece. And uh eighty six perennials and grasses. Twenty five bucks a piece. Okay, so they're saying that all now this is including um a foot of topsoil around them wood stakes there's no weird planting specs i looked at it all so this for those items the landscape architect saying installed completed out the door mulched and then watered and maintained to establish is uh nine thousand five hundred and sixty eight bucks maybe for the trees how many trees was it eight trees uh, it was nine, nine, trees total? nine trees. Yeah, nine trees total. Uh, you're not getting much more than the trees. I'll tell you that. So here's this one will be good for you, Chad. There is uh, 125 square meters of sodding and fine grading. Okay, four inches or six inches? What's uh, Let's go with six. I don't know what it was, but what's your number for that, Chad? 25 times it's only 125 125 square meters of sodding and fine grading that's not a lot that's over only like 1200 square feet that's only like 3500 bucks or so so they're, they're saying this it should be 2500 or sorry 1250 dollars no no ten dollars a meter Ten dollars a square. Are meter. you nuts? The sod itself costs you four dollars a meter if you're lucky. That, that's just what I'm saying. Is on this. This is this is from a uh, oh Kitchener, Woodbridge, London, Kingston, Barry, Burlington, uh, urban design uh, and landscape architect. So what? hard hardscaping and paving. So this is con poured concrete. Uh, so. There's a hundred square meters of poured concrete. Uh, Six so inches thick. I have been told from the civil GCs around here that our interlock price is cheaper than concrete to reinstate. I'm like that can't be right, but maybe I have to adjust my. Because so, I had heard concrete's like eighty bucks a meter. Could be 80 wrong. bucks. Uh, yeah. So th this. So maybe that's a number that's somewhat accurate. But they have it at, uh, including excavation, everything, gravel. They have it at seventy five dollars a square meter. Yeah. It, it seems really sense. cheap to me. Yeah, I could be wrong too. Because, like, a square meter is essentially ten square feet, right? Ten point seven six. Yeah. So they're saying that. Uh, uh, it's essentially a thousand square feet. Is it works out to like seven dollars and fifty cents a square foot for the concrete, which seems rid ridiculously cheap to me. Yeah. By the time you do excavation, gravel, and buy six inches of concrete and mesh, I, I, somehow I feel as it costs more than six dollars and or seven dollars and fifty cents a square foot. But yeah, I could this, be wrong. This architect's out to lunch, and that's what. Whenever they're bidding all these projects and they get consultants like this, and then the job comes in four million dollars over budget, and they're they have they have no clue how they're going to be able to afford it, 
the job gets canceled and they blame the people pricing it not the fucking architect who was wrong from the start or the consultant who was wrong from the start so i've so here's there's nine linear meters of this concrete planter this is a i like a formed and poured and then it has like an exterior finish on it concrete planter you need to like build a form forms at the right time and yeah this is yeah. like a comp this isn't like an easy thing to form it they allowed three thousand one hundred and fifty dollars for that and i looked at the like i looked at the fucking um i looked at the drawings to see what it was because i didn't even know what it was and i was like man there's no fucking way there's six seven hundred bucks worth of wood there <laughs> to build the forms they're freestanding and then they got to be tied together right to, like you got to yeah. put it's totally outrageous i was like this is the stupidest thing and on top of that the client that gave me this literally told me that they thought this was three times more than the cost of the whole project should be that's bananas it's, I, it's <laughs> bananas like I think that the planting might come in when I do it close to the 20,000. Absolutely. Yeah. But to all the shrubs and grasses and stuff. Yeah. There's essentially 200 small pieces to go in. 200. And let's split the difference between the two. Three, sixteen. Yeah. You're by the time you're all your plant materials in, you're just about 20 K on that. I know that's without the, Hundred square meters of concrete. Oh. I, I, on top of that, the seven percent grade that this guy was trying to achieve, they had built a huge road around the building. And for me, you know, doing a lot of digging and a lot of excavating, I was looking at it, going, by the time you break that out and fluff it up because it's really compacted, it was the road. So there's probably five to six loads of fill that need to leave here. Never mind the pile of fill that's over there. And he said, "Oh, we're spreading that as topsoil." I said, dude, you already got to take seven. <laughs> you got to take seven loads out of here to get to seven percent fall. Five, wow. say, say on the low end, five loads, and then you have ten loads sitting in a pile there. You say you're going to spread back here. All that's going to happen is you're going to recreate the five loads you just fucking hauled out. And they had some guy there with like a Kubota U17 pounding away <laughs> at this fucking road that you it's like layers of uh two inch clear or two inch cracker on that they made a road out of i said dude it's amazing how much money sometimes the gc will waste trying to save money that's like the little u17 yeah. that'll pick apart this road that you need a 20 ton shovel to come in and smooth bucket on it like <laughs> <laughs> and I, i'm watching this shit show and i said okay man even legit, like if we brought the eight ton in there with the tooth bucket, I probably could have carved that stuff up if I started at the bottom and worked my way up, piled it, and I would have spent a day piling it and a day hauling it away. And that's with the the, the huge pile of fill that's in the corner. We got to respread that. That's the topsoil. Like, dude, there's like pieces of cinder block in that. <laughs> it's not the topsoil. I don't know where the topsoil <laughs> is. Oh, it's in there somewhere. You got to just dig around in the pile. This just seems. This seems like overtly desperate, but whatever. I so out of respect, I'll send them a number, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. So his expectation is that you're going to go there, remove all the soil that's extra, then go to the topsoil pile and spread all that on a seven percent slope, and then sod it, and your total cost is going to be one-third of the $1,250 that the architect allowed. Unbelievable. But now, he's saying that like he really means it. I'm like, wow, man. Sure. <laughs> I, well, I'm you can gonna... use my theory. Pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> Try and do it fast. So you Throw really money. it. But I don't know how much faster you could work to make those numbers. I don't give work. a fuck how many tilt rotators I have. I ain't getting that done at a profit. <laughs> I think they listened to our last podcast. They heard yeah. what Chad did to say, so they yeah. priced it they, that way. <laughs> they picked a number and expected someone to work out how they're going to do it for that. Yeah. What's shitty, it though, doesn't work it... if someone else picks your number. You have right. to pick yeah. your own number. 
<laughs> What's shitty is as a contractor, though, what's super fucking shitty for me is that it's I I'm pricing against some landscape architect that obviously has no fucking clue what they're talking about. Or I, doesn't care yeah. and was trying to for the landscape architect, they're often trying to make it as cheap as possible for the owner. Yeah. So these and people if your also, numbers don't align, it's your fault. I'm standing there with them, and on the drawing, there's a pile of stairs. They're like, yeah, we're not doing those stairs. We're just going to slope the concrete. I'm pretty sure you need to put in the stairs. <laughs> That's great. Oh, fuck it. We'll just slope it. Sometimes I see that on residential landscape where they'll keep out on two or three stairs and then ramp the bottom up to it. Yeah. Like, somebody fucked up here. Someone the used the fucking zip level here. Whenever the I lower, see that, the bottom step is a four-inch step, and the rest are seven-inch steps because they forgot to vary the course. They don't want to undermine the bottom course. There, it's like someone fucked up there. So. Someone fucked up, and the only other person that notices it is another landscaper, uh, or bylaw. Or bylaw. see a bottom step that's four inches. I mean, sometimes it's unavoidable, but. Uh, we have a couple that where the the front door is so close to the end of the garage, and the yeah the grade difference between the porch and the garage floor is so great that there's nowhere to lose it. Yeah, and normally if the door is pushed back and the garage is long, you have a couple landing pads where you can yeah. cheat yeah. up an inch or cheat like you can play with yeah. the grade on those landing pads. But when you're literally just stacking stairs on top of each other. You're sort trying to source out material that's exactly five and three quarters. Yeah. Or whatever no, it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Without Give me a, a second. I got to take my ribs off the smoker. Ooh, Go I'm get your there. ribs off the smoker. Oh, yeah. Give me a second. What are you, Are there a bunch of questions, Mike? 